And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Social Media White Noise. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, Ted, but we've had complaints that the intro's too long. Bugger. Have we started? We have started. There we are on it. And we're, we're clipping. We're clipping. And it, we're clipping. We're clipping. I don't know Let's what stop that clipping. means. There's nothing worse He's than twisting clipping. the knobs on the front. Welcome to episode 102 of Social Media White Noise. Yes, That's hello. White Noise with me, aka Loudmouth Man, Nick Butler, and he. And me, Andrew White. You're not doing the whole Dr. Pod thing? And then, I thought I'd change the style. And then sort of pushing your hands over your mouth and sort of going D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D, spelling it all out in an exceedingly tedious way that always has me grinding my teeth over 102 episodes. No. OK, good. Right, OK, so today's show... We're um, back, cos, you yeah, know... Well, should we... I'm not... I'm all there. What, Boom. what we could Come do, on, we, could, we could make this like the, the Doctor Who reboot. We could just never admit that we've disappeared for so long. We didn't disappear. Only, well, four weeks or so, and, you know, the, you see, the regeneration... We've been broadcasting of... weekly, I'm sorry, every two weeks, but I just forgot to turn the mics on. That's it. We forgot to hit record. Forgot to hit record. We had some great conversations. Yeah, in our heads. We did. They were we fantastic, did. and we they did. were posted. It's all so my fault. It. It's, it's all my fault. Well, it could be my fault. It's, I mean, all, it's all my fault, because I've got a job. It's, you, you have a job. You've got, you know, professional... No, you got professional, you got efficient, you mm. got, you know, things. Mm. I, on the other hand, continue to be a slacking freelancer who basically does nothing at all, but enjoys it when a fairly large hot chocolate arrives. Thank you very much, sir. Because we're in Love Fit Cafe. We are, I was going to say, let's say where we are. The second Love Fit Cafe in Brighton. Yep. This one's on Queen's Road, near North Road. This I know because you put it in the SMS message to me. Text message. I had to look it up SMS is so yesterday. So, you know, 2000s. So 1990s. So... We're here, and it's got this, uh, um, you know, fairly clear sort of Maui West Coast uh, surfboard you know, vibe going this on. This is the, I know you can't. Not, I'm pointing at an He's audio podcast. Physically pointing, but now this is the most podcast. incredible artificial palm tree I've ever seen. It looks like it's been computer generated. It might be. And printed in a 3D printer. 3D printer. Yeah, it's Wow, we can almost amazing. segue off that, but yeah, we're yeah. not going to. Yeah, we could do, but we, we could won't. do, we won't, no. But we won't, because we've talked about 3D printers in the past. We have, yeah. And our conversations have always surrounded about the fact that, um, uh, you know, the copyright industry is going to have a hard time with 3D printers. But we have got an article about that, haven't we, today, we in today's show? Um, also, I think probably the, one of the biggest bits of news... For, for me, was um, I'm talking really posh, aren't I? I sound like Andy from Made in Chelsea. Let me get slightly less posh. Slightly less posh. You've got your professional be, voice be Andy, on. Be Andy, be normal you? Andy. Don't be You'd posh, be, just be know, Andy. Be Dr. Posh. I told you you should have had that double espresso. Posh, spelled out for oh, there we That's are. better. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, I'm out of professional mode. I'm back in You're normal mode now. You're yeah, okay. Yeah. Honestly, guess okay. themselves four days of actual genist, honest to God, yeah. paid work. And yep. all of a sudden, he's Mr. Consultant. Yeah, I'm back now. I'm, In the next I'm... episode, he'll be wearing a suit and tie. No, I would never. I would never wear a suit and tie. Uh, but I think one of the biggest bits of news was Prism. Hmm. Which um, seems bad. But seems you think bad. it's good? Could be good. More of that later. Yes. What else have we got? We've got uh, government order. Well, this is this is this actually goes back a bit, but we're touching on 3D printers mm. and the fact as that I the US slurp, government is, is ordering the takedown of a 3D printable gun, mm. um, for which I think is nothing interesting about that until you've got 3D printable bullets, um, which can come out of the 3D printable gun. Was that a short, a slight oversight? I feel they so. Didn't provide the bullets. Um, there's piracy. There's a, there's a great article from Warner Brothers. Um, that touches on the fact that they're now admitting that maybe piracy is actually the market talking about what the market wants 
which touches on the fact that now Disney are trialing the provision of delivering their sh videos, which are films which are arriving in the cinema, yep. will be available to watch on TV at the same time in Korea. Excuse me. You're enjoying that. Oh, that was so nice. That had flaxseed in it, but it was like a milkshake. And he's talking about his handkerchief. thing we can talk about is the Trans-Pacific Internet, Internet Piracy Act, which, according to one US senator, is handing over control of the government to corporations, which, to a certain extent, a lot of people have feared has been happening with the strong lobbying position of corporations in government today. Well, I think it's been happening for years, myself, but we'll come back to that later. Everything's later, Nick. Everything's later, Everything's later, later until it's now. Should we talk about prison? Mm. Because um, so, I've been so busy working. But I haven't had time to properly look at what prison is. And as I understand it, and you can correct me here, as I understand it, it's something that Obama was doing and the British government were doing at the same time, and it no, was no, this whistleblowed no, by no, some dude. And no, and no, and no. So, every government has its own intelligence agency, and every government's intelligence agency has its own gathering mechanisms. I mean, we've had things like Echelon, which is another sort of over, uh, listing post that GCHQ and uh, NATO and America work together on. Yeah. Prism is a is actually a corporate sort of entity that promises to give access to, to the American government uh, access to information on the uh, servers of sort of well-known and established internet service providing. Groups and you know, allegedly, we're talking about Google, Google and Facebook, and, Facebook and, yeah. stuff. and all yeah. these you know, alleged things. Yeah. And so, we have an analyst who is working for uh, an American security agency, um, yeah. presumably the NSA, uh, who realized that he consistently had access to a large volume of information for which there was no current um, investigation or, or, you know, warranted investigation going on. Okay. It was simply gathering information because it was there. All right. And storing it because it was there, because storage is really cheap. And this information really was from the likes of Google, and Facebook, etc. Potentially from the likes of these things. Our government was, according to some conversations in The Guardian, potentially having access to this by buying access. I'm guessing it was, you know... It was it was a buy one get two databases free deal down at the uh, right you know and and it was it was a bit like you know they, 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 all the ministers had their little prison Kindles that they could download the latest whatever so, okay but what we're talking about here is a, a threefold thing which is why I think this is brilliant because the first thing it does is it only demonstrates that no matter what level of promise that a government agency says it can provide in regards to the security of the people who access the information, no matter how legitimate, mm. Snowden is, 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 is effectively a demonstration of the fact that, that an individual can choose to go rogue with that data at any time. They simply cannot protect against it. The individual you're referring to is the an individual. Dude. Any individual, not just Snowden. It could be because because we've seen <coughs> examples of opera, of CCTV operators who've stalked women. Yeah. And we've had examples of 
police detectives making use of criminal intelligence databases in order to research information on other individuals that's been outside the remit of what they're supposed to do. So we understand that irrespective of the abuse of power that a government could implement with this data, the abuse of power at the individual level is still coherently similar that Edward Snowden's case, it's not just, oh, he's a hero for highlighting the fact that we've all been being listened to. That's the boring bit. He's highlighted the fact that actually there are analysts with access to information that no amount of process or promise can ever stop the fact that if an analyst chooses to memorise somebody's individual data details to stalk them, they are quite capable of doing that with the information that is now collated. Okay. So the second thing this says is Edward Snowden has demonstrated to us categorically that we need to implement two-factor authentication in all of our lives. But we can't simply rely on having an email and a password with which we will access a service. Right. Because an email and a password that I can remember is an email and a password that you can remember. So we need two-factor authentication. We need something that the person has physically, so that in order to log in, you need to have a third level of, or you need to have a, 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 a second a level third of thing. factor, something you have, something you own. And so, if know. somebody's attempting to access it, it can go. Well, do you have this? And it send it to the device you own. The device you own being the phone. The phone would go beep, and you'd go, "Well, I'm not accessing it. Who's accessing my data?" Which is desperately important. Third thing this goes to is part of what I, what I feel is. Uh, an, an issue that gets back to why IPv6 is more important to us. And irrespective of the security that IPv6 can offer us, what we're suffering is uh, an exaggerated problem of a top-down architecture where all the information's at the top and it siphons down to each individual user as they need it. So from the top, you can go in, you can dig out that data as you want it. You can do that ad infinitum. If that data was consistently distributed to every user that it related to, with no central database. It's far harder at that point. You know, it's like, it's two o'clock in the morning, do you know where your data is? Yeah, I know where my data is, it's in my phone. Mm. It makes it harder to go out and do a grand sweep without targeting a bunch of devices. Those devices have to be on and connected and giving permission to access. So you're talking distributed data here? Distributed data. Okay, so the point you're making is that with any information, um, in this specific case, information that was gleaned questionably from the public, which raises um, kind of um, privacy issues. The point you're making is that every time it hits um, a cerebral cortex and a pair of eyes, that is an opportunity for it to go flat out. Yeah, it's absolutely impossible for a government to provide any level of insurance assurance that a user will be protected. Unless they can firewall the minds of the people that see it. Yeah, unless they can see it mind. And of course this leads us on to the next thing, which is, yes, we should always be using our own personal cryptography. Right. You know, our own personal cryptography. Crypto at source. And and crypto at source, and again, with two-factor authentication, with a secure mechanism Mm. that we share, which makes life difficult, but what it does lead to is one of the things that have come out of this documentation is any time they discovered encrypted files... Mm they marked them as being slightly more interesting and put them to one side. Right. So if you were using any level of encryption for any reason at all, you've just flagged yourself as being slightly more interesting. Yes, yes. So, so what we're looking at here is, is oh, well, you know, there's, there's the classic argument will go, well, it's hardly an invasion of privacy because people put stuff on the internet all the time. Yeah. And 
That is so far from understanding the conversation and concept of privacy that I just, I'm, you know, my mouth hangs open in amazement that these people are allowed to continue breathing and consuming oxygen with the value of trying to add any level of intelligence to the conversation. Choosing to put things on the internet is not the same thing as things that we share on the internet that we have never published publicly. The stuff that's in our emails, the stuff that's in our own browser history, mm. the stuff that's in our iPhone apps, we don't publish that information. But if that information has been gathered up and collected somewhere, and it's sitting in a database somewhere, we're now back to the equal potential for, oh, there's no problem in all this. You know, it's, 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 it's obviously this is important because we need to be able to find out about terrorists. Well, great, but you didn't stop the, you know, the July 7th bombings in London. Mm. And in fact, there's been an awful lot of terrorist activities since this particular mechanism has been installed. And, you know, unless you're going to say that, oh, well, we have to allow a certain amount of this to occur so that they know not to use the systems, um, no, that doesn't make any sense. It's either there to protect everybody or it's not at all. It's, it's a pedantic position, but what we're getting back to is if somebody chooses to share something or not share something, they have made a conscious choice for that. A lot of the data that is potentially being collected is a lot of stuff that people would genuinely feel uncomfortable knowing that it was available to be created and published publicly. Mm. And all it requires is a change in government that decides one group of society is the core issue and we need to know which group of society that is so that we can go and arrest them and deport them to camps and, and groups where we can say, actually, we need to make sure you're living on this island far away from the rest of the society because you're the cause of our issues. Mm. Right? And back in, you know, back in the 40s, after Germany uh, invaded France, you know, this, is, this is a bit of history which never really gets discussed about. There were thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of letters written, sometimes anonymous, sometimes not, so the various ministries saying, I just wish to inform you quite respectfully that my neighbour is a Jew. And you might want to know this because they are, you know, they are this type of person that you're concerned about, mm. you know, patriotically yours, whatever. And that letter was sent in. You don't need the letters now. You just go to this database, decide who it is that you're looking to, you know, round up as a categorization. So by association, grab all of them, ship them out. This sort of database is a, is a powder gag of stupidity waiting to happen in a government and it's a stupidity waiting to happen because now that we've demonstrated that you cannot control an individual no matter how much you train them mm. you cannot therefore justify that there is any level of security for a database of any size that operates on this context Edward Snowden's reality you know his, his legacy here is not that he told us that we were being surveilled mm. it's that he just categorically demonstrated that it can never be secure because mm. he's supposed to be vetted by the top level of whatever, and it failed. So if it failed once, it will fail again. But isn't it also true to say that any system run by human beings is as fallible as the weakest human being, or the most leaky human being in that chain? Every chain will be as strong as its weakest link. Yeah. Although that depends upon the forces acting upon it. I'll get my team of scientists on that one. It's, um, it's evidence to the fact that the prison story is still not creating the level of national outrage because people aren't... It's not that people aren't bothered about being watched. This isn't Big Brother. 
You know, we're not spending our time saying that person over there looks dodgy, this person over here looks dodgy. I need to inform upon this person to my local councillor so that this family over there are watched more closely mm. and they're doing that to me. That's not happening. That's, that is how 1984 was operating. Every member of society was actively engaged in working for the government to watch every other member of society. Mm. You know, I have that. It's far more Huxleyan. Everybody is happy to feel secure as long as they can be entertained and as long as they can have their stuff and as long as those two things are in place and there's no privation of access to technology and entertainment they will not revolt and so you can you can cage them and you can corral them and you can you can lead them down a particular narrow and ever narrower path over which people will fall because they will look ahead and say please let me vote for the next got talent you know the interesting thing and the sad thing is that this should be followed by a huge bellowing evil laugh <laughs> i got a horrible feeling it's true <laughs> and that's not 1984 that's just people's idiocy at not respecting the fact that and, and it is. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's the futility of the public crowd. It's, it's, it's wisdom, of the, wisdom of the crowd. It's madness, madness of the masses. People should be out in the streets not being upset that they have lots of data that government's being collected, but being genuinely upset that there's a whole bunch of information that other human beings have access to and there's no way we can guarantee those human beings are reliable. And it's not enough for them to say, Scout's Honor, I promise never to divulge any of this information. Because as soon as they read it, that information has escaped and it's in their head already. They may even divulge it without realising it. Well, yeah, you know, that, that classic thing of that Facebook tag of your friend and you've, you know... Yeah. One of the reasons why my... I mean, Facebook faces a problem of having six million, possibly more, user accounts compromised. And, you know, user information, because there's a shadow account and I'll... I'll find the link to this article as well but um, Facebook is, is dealing with the fact it might have this huge security leak that divulges loads of people's details so, yet one more reason why my Facebook account is now the absolute bare minimum of nothing and it's locked down to whatever and I will not allow anybody to tag associate or do anything because I don't need to have the by association of somebody else's lack of privacy in my concern and your date of birth is interesting as well Yes, it's things that people need to know. Although, you know, if you really want to find out about me, you go to the Register of Interests for the local council. You find out all about me. It's publicly available. Uh, you know, people in public office should probably be under a greater level of security and scrutiny. I heard recently that um, uh, Skype messages, not the audio, but probably the audio as well, but the certainly text messages are being surveilled by Microsoft. Did you hear about that one? Well, yeah, there's the, there's the inevitable, all these things are coming out now. Yeah. And since Microsoft took over, how much more stuff is now exposed? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's digital data, so they can just as equally collate that information as they can any other. Um, UDP, though, it's, it's the UDP versus TCP delivery mechanism. TCP is far more likely to be gathered up than the UDP because the UDP stuff is basically search packets of data that get in between every single one of them. Um, it's not impossible, but you just have to put things at the right place. Meanwhile, evidence comes out that GCHQ may also have been placing boxes in between boxes, so listening to every, basically wiretapping every stream of Ethernet connection and dumping it straight down and then packet analysing it later. Yeah, for later analysis. For later analysis. Where where did you hear about this one? Um, This this is just as things fall out, other stories fall out. Yeah. But I think 
lessons we need to take away. It is absolutely important that we learn two-stage authentication and we learn how to encrypt our own stuff. More important than that, we need to pressure governments to stop trying to suggest that it's, it is ever able to have a trustworthy, secure intelligence service in regards to monitoring its own people. Mm. It fails. And it will fail again. And it's probably failed in other levels, but we've never really talked about it or discussed it. Yeah, it's a small story that uh, hasn't should, should we talk about this uh, taking down of the 3D gun? Well, this, is, this, is, um, this goes back to a story from quite, quite a while back, actually. Um, but a um, sort of techno-capable 3D access chap, 3D printer access chap, essentially printed out all the components, um, you know, the stock, the firing pin, the, the, the handle, the trigger mechanism and so forth, Smoke. with which to then fire bullets. Yeah. It's like, well, he can print a gun. It's like, well, yeah, but technically... You know, Mythbusters demonstrated that a, a 12 volt battery and a shorted fuse will set off a bullet, and, right. and therefore, you put that in a copper tube with a little bit of rifling, you've made a gun. Yeah. Making a gun isn't really difficult. I think I would be more concerned if you could 3D print bullets. <laughs> but it's the, it's the um, there's an American comedian, I think it's Dave Chappelle, who says, you know, the, the problem is not, it's, it's the guns aren't killing people, it's the bullets. And, and you know, when the bullets are costing 10 cents a bullet, then nobody cares. You know, life is cheap. We should be charging 500 pounds a bullet. Bullets should cost so much that, you know, if, if you get shot with one, just digging it out would be worth the recovery value. <laughs> That's where it should be. So I was less impressed that he printed a gun. And the taking it down is just the first step in the things that we've discussed before, which is... Copyright is going to jump all over controlling 3D printers. Excuse me. And in the same way that really high-quality photocopiers were... At one point, you weren't allowed to own them without a bunch of licenses and mm. so forth. It was a... You know, companies had to pay huge licenses because there was a chance that you could physically print notes yeah. with these copiers. Um, so that was... You know, but surely they wouldn't the be across. usable. The notes. Yeah. They were sufficiently enough that if you're using them in a collection of other notes, right. you only need one in ten. Yeah. And after a hundred pounds, you know. So this is what was coming back. So yes, we've I I get that they sort of say take it down, but again, it's impossible to take it down. It's on torrents, it's on visibles, it's mm. out there, it's in other countries. Mm. And all the whole story did was draw attention to something which wasn't really that much of a thing. Mm. Yeah. Bearing in mind, 3D printing a gun still takes quite a few days to do. Does it? You know, 3D You've printers, tried it, 3D printers aren't exactly the fastest thing in the world. I mean, it, it, it takes no. a while, so... And they're more complex <laughs> the parts, it's, it's a thing. Maybe we should uh, do a, you know, a 3D printed bulletproof vest. Well, yeah, you know, 3D print your bulletproof vest for your 3D printed bullets and your 3D printed guns for your 3D printed lifestyle. I think it'd be more interesting when they're 3D printing meat. Well. And then you can have it 3D printed, partly cooked. Uh, that is a very interesting story, and, and there is um, various bits of research going on without 3D printing of organs and such like, but maybe that's for another day. Um, right, what else, what else, what else has been happening? Um, well, we have no sponsors still. We're, we're still selling sponsors, although there was that one uh, company that you have sent me an email about that I had a look at, mm. um, and naming no names, I find... The high propensity for positive reviews, rather interestingly questionable considering the writing of those reviews. 
I looked at it closely and went, hmm. What are you I referring to? I did some to? digging around. I'm not going to mention the company's name. Okay. I'm not. And please don't. But it's there. So you sent me an email about it. I went, right. Because my view is always I will promote something if I know it. Yes. Effectively. If I've used it, if I've considered it, if it's a product of which I consider good work. Yeah. Uh, um, everything from King of Shaves to Scrivener. Yeah. Feature copyright. You know, this is something that I can, yeah. Mm. Um, I looked at this and went, yeah, there's an awful lot of... Um, it's, it's, when you look at something, you can see all the reviews. If you read the reviews after a while, you're like, well, this is this, this, apparently the same grammar, apparently the same style. Although I noticed, um, uh, a side note, uh, Google's Matt Cutts of Google, who's their SEO chap. Who yes, about I know Matt Cutts. Regu- regularly receives emails suggesting how, this, how a company will be able to help Matt Cutts improve Google's rankings in search engines. <laughs> There is no more evidence for me, there is no more demonstration for me of the fact that the SEO industry mm. is questionable, that it can generate so many shysters, con men, and, and you know, Sherlock's, no, just Shylock's, who just, who just con people out of money by saying, oh yes, we'll wave the magic juju berries over your website, and look, your results will be much better. It's like... So much. Whole other conversation yes. for that time. So much BS. Yes, we have okay. no, we have no, but we will certainly we're still looking around. If you want to donate, hit the donate button, and that's what it is. So we're at 25 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, Let's talk Nick. about Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers have come out and said piracy is showing us what consumers want. So they're changing their tune. And another news: the grass is green, the Pope might just be Catholic, and bears probably shit in the woods. They do. I've seen it happen. Major content companies, this is a torrent free article, major content companies are beginning to acknowledge that pirates aren't all evil and actually are leading the way to future business models. Or as we like to call it, stop ripping us off and give us the digital content and don't make it difficult. Yes, it was what, something that um, well, certainly you have said for a long time, isn't it? And it's, it's sort of... It, it, a little bit of this comes back to my frustration at watching the news about the new Microsoft Xbox One. Mm. And the big deal from everybody was, oh, it's you, it'll all be digital download and you won't be able to lend discs to people. And they was like, mm. I don't care about doing any of that. I want digital downloads. I don't want discs. Mm. What I actually want is when I want to decide I want to play a game, I want to just be able to go to the content provider and get the game and start playing it. Yeah. And I don't want it to cost me what it'll cost me in the shelves, mm. in the store because that makes no sense whatsoever. I'm paying a premium for it to be on the shelves in the store, mm. and I understand that, and I understand that premium is usually another 30 to 40% on top of the cost. Mm. I get that. I don't expect to see that reflected in prices online. Mm. That doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing when you look online and you see uh, a Kindle book that's available for the same price as in the store. That's not because they're being greedy. That's because they don't want you... To, they don't want to lose out on the effective sale of a product that could have been in the store. Mm. They're trying to keep the balance. So, so having, continuing to support an outdated model market for a digital delivery continues to keep the costs high and continues to enable people to justify the reasons why the costs are high. And they say, oh, we don't want to deal with this. Costs will be high. They will keep the market low. Demonstrably, Steam, who have a content delivery system that requires you to be always online, download the game, you can't resell it... Mm. They were originally very expensive, but after a, 
fairly short period of time, Steam games are now extremely cheap. And they have regular cheap game sales where you know mm. games that are traditionally $40 come down to $4. Okay. So the prices drop off. So same thing uh, you know Microsoft could do, but thanks to the and you see the internet again, the you know, madness of the masses, everybody campaigned said no we don't want to do it, the price will be forced down. So when Warner Brothers are talking about the fact that piracy is the market talking, it could be the first step towards seeing some companies appreciate they also want to move away from digital mm. and need a, a way to step away from it to save face. Uh, likewise, um, Disney now are trialling the uh, facility whereby movies that you see in the cinema will immediately be available on the cable channels in Korea. Right. So if you see it in the, in the movie channel, you will now no longer have to wait. It's like at the moment, I want to go and see Man of Steel, the latest Superman film. Mm. We just can't find a babysitter. We can't find time. We're not likely to see it. Mm. So I will have to wait until it arrives on Sky. And it doesn't make any sense. It's a digital product. Mm. You know, fine, give it a few days of grace in the cinema. Then, so that's the... I saw something slightly weird, actually, on, on, um, on a placard somewhere, and I forget which the company was. And it was when you buy a CD, you get the MP3s free. I thought, yeah, what's some, the point of that? Some service providers, there's a thing that was called... Why are they doing that? You could just go into um, iTunes and rip it off. There's a service that some media companies have put together called Violet, Ultraviolet. And the purpose of Ultraviolet is to allow you to buy physical media and be entitled to the online media at the same time. Right. Because what people don't get is that you get a licence, you don't get permission. You don't ever own anything when you buy content. <laughs> yeah. Um, this leads on nicely to this thing, which is called the Trans-Pacific Piracy Act, which is another variation on SOPA. Uh, sorry, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Is this the um, latest attempt to, the latest uh, SOPA, to cut the people off from actor. the internet if they're deemed to be... And the Republican House Oversight Committee Chairman Darrell Issa... Uh, got a copy of the leaked document and he was genuinely concerned because as far as he was concerned this particular partnership legislation would hand over powers that should just traditionally be handed by legislative affairs mm. into corporate affairs oh, and therefore no. handing no, 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 more no. of the government over to corporates no. now corporates already have a strong lobbying body mm. I mean we've seen we've seen the BPI British Phonographic Industry heavily lobby MPs to say to them that oh, it's terrible because without us being in control of this market, artists will starve and never be paid, uh, you know, despite the fact that these guys are basically the greatest gatekeepers of taste and artists' mm. work, you know, seven whatevers. Um, with that level of lobbying available already, you know, this sort of partnership agreement would mean that they'd have both ends tied up. They could lobby at one end and use, use the lobbying to focus on this partnership agreement mm. to deliver the market they want. It is a fight that is centred around trying to make people treat the internet, trying to make people act as if the internet is another broadcast medium in a traditional sense like TV and radio that should therefore only be managed by a group of companies who could correctly organise and manage it for us. Mm. You know? And so the same scare stories that are driven out about how, oh, isn't it terrible Google... I mean, this is the thing, isn't it terrible Google don't block all these child-born images and we should be investing more money into blocking all these images and this, this terrible child abuse images. And I've, I've heard these arguments and I just have one thing to say to all these MPs. Why are you not more concerned about stopping it happening at all? Mm. Why are you not putting more money and more effort into stopping it happening, not blocking it from being seen? 
You know, it's like mm. CCTV mentality. We won't stop the crime, but at least we'll be able to put it on You've Got Framed. It's bad. It's, 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 it's like, let's wait till we have a victim and then we can act upon it. It's poor mentality, poor thinking, and also running over on the show times. Yeah, 31 minutes and 45 seconds. We better call it. We will call it at that. God, I've it's talked so much in this episode. Sorry about that. Yeah. Ranting, raving. Ranting and raving. That's why this show exists. Are we going to try and get a bit more regular? Yes, I would suggest um, consistent higher fibre diet, probably more water every day. Okay. We'll see you next time, people. Or a Friday thing. Ta-ra. Bye. Thanks for listening to Social Media White Noise, brought to you by Andy White, Acker Doctor Pod, and Nick Butler, Acker Loudmouth Man. Please visit www.socialmediawhitenoise.com where you can leave comments, listen to the show straight from the webpage, and subscribe for free. Email us at ulot at socialmediawhitenoise.com. Follow us on Twitter, Dr. Pod and Loudmouth Man. We'd like to thank the coffee shops of Sussex, social media and technology, without whom this show would not be possible. See you soon. Peace. Peace.